Hello and welcome to New Age Raid, a podcast about spirituality in the modern age. My name is Brody, and I'll be your host. Alright, hello and welcome back to the show. And uh, as always, I begin with an apology that this is a little bit later than usual. And this is the second time I've recorded this due to weird audio issues. So I apologize in advance if the audio comes off weird on the next segments. They, I guess I'm still adapting to the new setup. Hopefully um, it shouldn't be too bad. I've tried to kind of clean things up in editing, but bear with me. Um, So it's been an interesting time. I think we're all kind of dealing with interesting times at the moment. And for me, it's been this interesting time of continuing my own spiritual journey. And it's been about kind of juxtaposition, right? We're in Mormon world. A general conference was last week, and it's it was Easter this last Sunday. And... So I've been uh, getting a lot of messages from that world, um, most of them unasked for, <laughs> but it's been interesting to listen to the world I used to be a part of and recognize how much happier I am where I'm at than where I used to be. It's interesting because, you know, with this uh, general conference, basically the church leadership broadcasts this long, long series of talks. And, and uh, to get to the point, one of them, basically the associated people leaving the church with unruly children throwing temper tantrums. And to have that particular experience of leaving the church um, belittled so much is a little bit um, hard to take. I'm in this position where I'm trying not to come off as overly aggressive against the church, um, mostly because that's a healing thing. I'm just trying to let go. Um, but that's kind of been the theme this week. It's, having your relatives chime in and uh, remind you of the world you used to be a part of. And they're doing it well-intentioned, but well, they're doing it in a well-intentioned manner, but it's not wanted. <laughs> um, it's just that this week in particular, I've been I mean, there was my first use of psychedelics a couple weeks back. That's a major spiritual experience on on my books. Um, But also reading Terrence McKenna, which is related, obviously. Um, For those of you who don't know who he is, he's a scholar of psychedelics. Um, The man used them quite a bit in a scientific way. I mean, he was trying to 
see what they had to offer us as human beings. And uh, to keep it simply, it's it's a crime that they're illegal. <laughs> the things that they're capable of showing you, but also the amount of healing that they're capable of bringing about is pretty phenomenal. So listening to him and his worldview, and then also I've been reading um, the book Liber Chaos by Peter Carroll. He's a big forerunner or architect of the chaos magic movement, which is a specific, fairly recent, modern aspect of the Western magical tradition, I guess we call it. Um, chaos magic being formed around the belief that the simple act of believing in something um, causes it to be true. That um, If you believe in something, it affects the reality around you. Um, and listening to these two guys, as well as other things, and having this worldview that's so much more expansive and innovative and different than the worldviews I grew up with, while simultaneously being bombarded by um, Facebook posts full of, he has risen and watched General Conference and um, be belittled by an old white man. <laughs> Um, who has essentially um, told an entire group of people that your faith transition outside of their religion is uh, the equivalent of a temper tantrum. <laughs> so it's been, I've been angry, but I've also been just happy that I am where I'm at. I live in a world where I don't have authority figures dispensing information or truth or answers to me. Um, and it's a lot harder to do the work to find those answers yourself. There's a lot of reading. There's a lot of spiritual work and trying to get confirmation for the truths that you read. There's a lot of praying. There's a lot of journeying. There's a lot of emotions. Um, when it comes to rebuilding your own cosmology, but I would not trade it for anything. I wouldn't, <laughs> I would not go back to the way things used to be, um, which for me is more physical. And that's, that's been my spiritual experience this week is having my own new spiritual life, having it be full of so many experiences that I can't transmit to these people, uh, and having it juxtaposed um, to theirs, and realizing that I'm, I'm good where I'm at. Um, I think we all feel that way. Obviously, they feel that way, and that's why they, they bombard me and others with their testimonies and whatnot. And in a sense, it's what I'm doing here too, right? Um, I'd like to say I'm less aggressive about it, but it's just left me with a sense of, of gratitude for the path I've been able to walk. Um, I am much happier being out in the sense that there's so many people with interesting ideas and ways of viewing themselves and the world 
that I find them and they bring me such excitement and joy, just kind of seeing the world and myself in new and different ways. Um, that being said, the thing that I wanted to talk about today is prayer, which has been an interesting thing that's obviously gone that transform gone through that transformation of you know how did I pray as a Mormon to what is it like now um, so we'll start off with that just me kind of talking about that experience of what prayer has been and what it is to me now and then I'll share some things that I've learned through that experience that I hope help you with using prayer in your own spiritual practice um, kind of our basic framework of here's what happened to me and here's how I hope that can help you um, so we'll start there in just a moment. All right, to get started on prayer. So first to kind of go over my experience with prayer, what it's been like. So we begin in the Mormon tradition. So Mormon prayer is very, it's pretty similar to most other prayers. It does have a basic structure of addressing God, Heavenly Father, then you fill that inner space with gratitude and petitions for blessings, um, yada, 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 and then in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So in, in Mormon tradition, Jesus Christ is seen as a mediator between you and God. That's uh, one thing that has changed essentially in my own spiritual transformation. I still like Jesus. Heck, at some point we might even collaborate a little bit more in the future. That's currently not a thing. But I no longer see him as a necessary mediator between me and God. Uh, my belief is essentially that no one stands between you and God. Um, mostly because in certain ways you are um, a part of God, right? Um, but that was the style of prayer that I practiced for several years. And despite the fact that my beliefs have changed and the way I pray now has changed, um, that prayer was still effective, I, I feel. Um, a lot of it was in so long ago that I can't really say that. I can't give super specific examples a lot of the time, but I definitely had questions and doubts and things that I wanted, and I saw those things come to fruition. Um, back then it was less praying for things and getting them and more asking for guidance and answers and getting them. Um, that happened a lot when I was a woman. Um, one specific one that I do remember is we've, we've briefly talked about my mission experience here and one of the big trials for me on my mission was feeling like I was in the wrong place. Not that Brazil was the wrong place, but the main difficulty I had as a missionary was dealing with other missionaries being disobedient, my own mission president not following the rule book in many instances, being caught between a rock and a hard place of needing to be obedient to my mission president as one law, and then realizing that he was doing things wrong. <laughs> like, I had understood the doctrine and the handbooks well enough to knew, to know that the mission president and missionaries within my mission were going about things the wrong way. Um, 
So, but acting opposed to that would have been violating a different principle, which is being disobedient to my mission president, right? And I remember being in that space on my mission and just having a really hard time with it. Because back then, I had been told and I believed that the place you were sent on your mission was chosen by God. That, you know, the prophet essentially, well, the prophet and his counselors or whatever, essentially like received revelation for each missionary. I've heard things that the process is definitely not that revelatory. Um, my, it, answers to necessity or sometimes they send batches of missionaries to the exact same place, right? Um, but asking God why I'd been sent there, because it didn't seem like the right choice at that time. And there's an interesting parable in the Book of Mormon, which is purportedly from Isaiah, some kind of lost translation of Isaiah is what they say it is. Um, but anyways, the story is good. It's about the vineyard, and it's a long parable, allegory thing that has a lot to do with Israel and the diaspora of the Jews and, and whatnot. But there's a part where God is essentially taking cuttings from the the main tree and planting them in different parts of the vineyard. Um, and one cutting got placed in a particularly bad spot of ground, right? You have the Lord's servant asking him, why did you plant it here? And he basically responds, you know, I can see all ends and there's a reason this needs to be here. And that particular scripture within the Book of Mormon was an answer to my prayer at the time. I felt like I had been a seedling placed in bad ground, but being in that environment, that that trial and hardship was ultimately for my benefit. And that being a decade ago and seeing it with the retrospective, that still remains true. Um, my mission wasn't about converting people. Um, it's an essential part of the reason I left the church in the first place, which is the opposite of what they want to happen. But, um, that difficulty being in that environment granted me a lot of patience that I feel is essential life tool that I have now. Um, there's just a lot of skills that I feel like gained in the mission field that weren't precisely the ones that I was supposed to get, but ones that have been useful in my life, right? And that's an example of how prayer can lead to answers. And so if it works for Mormons like it did for me when I was a Mormon, then I firmly believe it works elsewhere outside of that particular that particular spiritual framework. Um, which leads to how it works now. I think before I tended to just do a lot of asking and the main trip up with prayer when I was a Mormon is that this guilt and shame factor 
um, I basically essentially felt I was sinning constantly in one form or another. And this led me to <laughs> turn my prayers into sessions of guilt and shame and asking for forgiveness that resulted in me not asking for things because I felt unworthy to ask God for anything. Um, which, lesson learned, you're never um, unworthy to ask God anything. <laughs> um, but it really bogged my, my prayers down. Um, and now I'm in a world where I see God quite differently than I used to. And that's changed the way that I pray. Um, I definitely kind of, from Wicca slash paganism, witchcraft stuff, the idea is that God is, you know, they worship the God and the goddess. There's a male and a female aspect. And there's also a belief that they have that gods and goddesses in different pantheons and mythologies are simply aspects of the same God, either aspects of the God or the goddess. Now, I went ahead and just crammed them into one person, I think. I view God more in a hermetic sense, in that God is this infinite sum of all things. It's quite incomprehensible by nature because it's everything, but also incorporating masculine and feminine traits. So essentially it's turned into me talking to the universe and then considering God to be that universe. And it gets really complicated. My ideas of God change all the time. And it's not just the universe and God that I've talked to, but it's also different God forms and entities that have appeared to me in journey work and other things that I've developed a relationship with. Like Freya, for example, that's a cultural thing for me. I come from a line of Germanic people. So Celtic and Germanic gods are kind of the ones that I decided to think about more and then they showed up in journeys and that's that's been the, so sometimes i'll pray to freya right particularly if the thing that i'm working on has to do with desire or love or things of a venusian nature right and sometimes uh, there's another practice that i've adopted which is that of planetary prayer in that every day of the week is dedicated to one planet or another, right? You have Sunday for the sun. Monday, which if you speak a romantic language, um, like Spanish, is um, lunes, which is the moon, right? So there's each one has their own day. Um, and speaking, uh, basically petitioning God to obey that planet, to be obedient to you and to help you. So it's kind of a weird thing, but it's something I learned and it fits in well with my practice of astrology. The way I view it is that those planets are aspects of God and that I'm kind of appealing to that particular aspect at the time. Um, so I, I pray to a lot of different things <laughs> is essentially what I'm getting at. But... I do view them as 
connected to God. It's, um, I'm fairly animistic in that I think everything is imbued with a spirit that can be communicated with, right? And that those beings that I'm trying to communicate with are capable of helping me in some way or another. So praying to ancestors is a thing for me, um, as well as God, as well as certain deities that are culturally important for me um, or otherwise. Like if it shows up in a journey or something like that, then I consider that the commencement of a relationship. But um, the way I speak to God has changed quite a bit because I don't, I don't view God, obviously, the same. And I also don't think <laughs> I need to speak to him with this the thou reverence anymore. I speak to him as one man speaketh to another, right? Because I think, not that I wish to be disrespectful. I think it's more that I'm trying to pursue a familiar relationship with the universe and beings around. So I talk to them like I would talk to anybody else. Granted, I'm usually <laughs> more respectful, um, but I'm also emphatic and emotional when I need to be. Um, and it's been interesting operating in that new paradigm and seeing how effective it is. I think the main thing that's changed for me is that I do a lot more listening than I used to. Mostly because I just have discovered so many different new ways to listen and to hear the voice of God or the universe, right? Um, that it's given me many more ways of getting feedback. Because it used to be that I had scripture study and whatever feelings came to me at the time when I was praying, right? Now I've got whatever the equivalent of my scripture study is now, just reading good books, right? But I don't believe that the thoughts that come into my head are necessarily all mine anymore. I kind of see each of us as radio towers that send and receive signals. So some of your thoughts are you sending out things, and uh, some of your thoughts are things coming in. Um, I believe that God and other things communicate with us through our thoughts. Beyond that, I also have meditation. You kind of tend to have a lot of eureka moments that come from meditation. Uh, Neo-shamanism taught me to view nature as a message system, that you can go on a hike and notice the animals and the and the geography around you, and that that can be interpreted if you're paying attention. Um, but there's tarot, which I use for answers all the time. Astrology is basically looking at the stars and celestial bodies as a way to get messages. Um, and many times during journeys that I do, um, Freya being one of the people that I mentioned, Many times they talk to me in terms of astrology because it's a language I understand. Um, that's one of the things I view astrology uh, 
beyond being just a prediction model, it gives you new words to describe the human experience and to think with certain things. Um, so that's definitely a mode of communication that I believe the universe and God have used to speak to me. I say the universe and God, I consider them the same thing. That's why I keep, but I guess I still have hangups around the word God because <laughs> I'm trying to get across that my idea of God is not at all similar to what a lot of people would consider. It's like, it's masculine, it's feminine, it's all things. It's, that's what I mean when I say God. Anyways, um, and so I just noticed this. It's, it's become a conversation in that many times throughout my day or if I'm struggling with something or which I do a lot these days is struggling with various issues, whether it's um, trying to define my own spiritual beliefs or what I believe reality to be or issues around who I am as a person and just talking to God, speaking to the universe and asking for guidance and help, signs. That's the thing is like, I'm a, I, I'm a sign seeker at heart. <laughs> I want to have something outside of me confirm the things I believe in. And there's been a lot of synchronicities since I've started acting this way. Because um, prayer for me used to be me doing a lot of talking and not a lot of listening. And there's been a transition where I try to listen much more than I used to. And I look at the whole of my life and also especially the last year in terms of what results have I gotten from praying the way that I have. And it just seems to me that the things that I ask for, the wisdom that I ask for, the questions I ask, they always end up getting answered one way or another. Or those things appearing in my life, right? Um, when, when I needed guidance on career stuff, I got it. Whether that was through journey work or meditation. Um, when it was money issues, I got it. When it came to dealing with my own sexuality and thinking about my desires, you know, Venus, Freya came through in a strong way, you know, via dreams and via journey work. You know, I've had a lot of help parsing what my desires are and how to fulfill them in a ethical, moral way. And so there's just this pattern that I see of the things that I talk to God about, the things that I ask for, the wisdom that I seek, it eventually comes one way or another. And I view prayer as a form of magic in that one principle from Mormonism that I retain is that there's this bit in the Pearl of Great Price, right? Which, after the fact, I found out is a wholly incorrect translation, but 
I don't think the story needs to be true for it to have value, right? We have a lot of stories in our culture that are literally false, but they contain valuable information. So I think that's what's happening here. And it talks about Moses speaking to God and about the creation of the earth and the universe and God saying that he created things spiritually and then physically. And I think that's what we do with prayer and other things is that we're creating a spiritual reality that we want, that prayer is a template for the world that you want to exist in. And that by merely the, the, the act of you taking that and speaking it, makes it more likely to come into reality. It, it lines up with this whole idea that thoughts are causative, that there is something going on that seems to respond to our thoughts and to our prayers and our visualizations and our meditations and our, our ponderings, right? And I can see that throughout the whole of my life that the things that I was thinking about and wishing for and focusing on had a way of just coming into my life, sometimes slow, sometimes quite fast, but I very much believe that the universe responds to us. And it's on a basic level, just comforting. I mean, one of the things that was true when I was Mormon, it's true now, is that it's simply comforting to speak to someone or something that you believe is in your corner and that understands you completely. I think me talking to the universe is like, I'm a part of the universe. So of course it gets me completely. Um, I'm just this unique hodgepodge of things in the universe that happen to manifest as a person. And so I believe that the universe inherently understands who I am because I'm a part of it. Now, I don't understand the entire universe, but <laughs> I am, I'm only a piece of it, right? Um, and there's just a good amount of comfort in when you're having a difficult day, you're dealing with strong emotions or difficult things like we all are right now. I mean, there's a pandemic and various other difficult world happenings, and it's nice to have something there that is always accessible. It doesn't matter if I'm at work, if I'm in the car, if I'm at home, I can always pray in my heart, in my mind to that. I can have a conversation and feel listened to. Even if that thing doesn't exist, even if God and the universe don't care. Um, regardless, I feel like they do when I'm done, right? So that's that's been my experience with prayer, is that it's just been this very simple, easy thing to do that has brought results. And that's why I wanted to talk about it, because it's such a simple but powerful tool 
that I think any spiritual framework can work with, whether that's through memorized prayers like the Lord's Prayer. Those work. I mean, especially because so many people over time have used them, I think it kind of strengthens the power of those particular words. Their failing is that they're not specific or adaptable a lot of the time. Um, but memorized prayers, freeform prayers, mantras, those kind of things, I think you add those into the mix and you definitely start to see that the world kind of shapes itself differently according to the conversations and petitions that you're making to whatever thing you're praying to, right? Um, so since that's been my personal experience and my own kind of testimony of prayer anyways, I don't really do testimonies anymore, but um, from there we'll move on to kind of some things that I've picked up in my different reading and practice that I feel are useful principles to hold on to when it comes to prayer. Okay, so my useful tips on prayer. Um, kind of, I just took some time and compiled all these ideas that have been helpful for me in terms of revolutionizing the way I pray and things that have made it feel more powerful and more sincere. With number one being just finding an authentic way of communicating with God, I think. Many of us, at least, especially I noticed this as a Mormon and then trying to use that old framework more recently with new beliefs, is that I got tripped up a lot in trying to be so formal and respectful. It sounds odd to be, to let go of respect, but um, like I said, when I talk to to God, that's how I talk, is the, the way that I talk to everybody else. And I think what we're, what we should be aiming for is a mode of communication that feels authentic and clear to you. Like, I mean, if I'm talking to God and I want to swear, I swear, <laughs> I'm going to be emphatic. Um, and sometimes that means telling God that it's the difference between telling God, I'm so tired of this and saying, like, I'm really fucking tired of this. Because um, I think the universe responds to the emotion, and that's what, that's what that is. If you're trying to adopt this, the vow, vine kind of language, it tends to, I feel like it dampens the signal a bit, throws in a little bit of uh, some noise that makes your message a little less clear. Um, so being authentic seems to me the best way to go about it, as one man speaketh to another, right? And obviously the structure of it really kind of remains the same. It's asking for things. The point being to express your desires to the universe and like we mentioned before, it's the spiritual creation of your preferred reality via prayer. So you're 
talking about it. The things that you want, the things that you dream of. You can talk about why you want them. I don't think explanations of your desires are required, but if it helps you to add more color and vividness to the picture of your preferred reality, then do it. Um, there's this idea that Peter Carroll puts forward, um, who I mentioned before, of ether, that ether is essentially this thing that all matter emits it, and it is capable of influencing matter as well. And so you could think of ether as the thoughts that you have, the prayers that you have, the visualizations you have, that you're emitting this signal that directly affects the reality around you. And he has this idea called an etheric imprint. He doesn't believe in the past or the future. Well, he does, but they are undetermined, right? They're kind of not set in stone. Only the present moment is very, very real. Um, and that past and future are kind of in doubt from his point of view. But that what you're, you're creating at each precise present moment is etheric imprints that influence the future or the past. And so prayer to me sounds like an effective way of creating that etheric imprint, that you're basically spiritually creating the future you want, or heck, even the past you want. Uh, some of these uh, chaos magicians believe that even the past is subject to change, right? Um, I don't have any <laughs> developed theories on that. It's an interesting idea I'll have to think with. Um, for now, that's the operation I'm kind of working with is I'm trying to spiritually create my future. And will it into manifestation via the words that I speak to God? Um, I also think it is entirely appropriate and useful to learn memorized prayers like the Lord's Prayer or um, mantras or just simple things like, like, Lord have mercy on me, the sinner. It's such a simple, small prayer, but even those are effective, especially in the context that I think prayers that have been spoken by many lips, I think it kind of creates a stronger imprint because it's not just you that's used it, right? And aside from those set prayers, those memorized prayers that have the same words, employing freeform, there's obviously like pluses and minuses to both. I think if a memorized prayer works for the situation that you're in, it packs a punch. Um, those words are powerful, but they don't apply to every situation or the exact precise reality you're trying to create. And in that sense, a free-form prayer that's heartfelt and unique to you is also necessary. Um, And then we talk about the other part, and this is what I felt like I got wrong with prayer for most of my life, is, is the listening part. Um, 
one of the things that's been so helpful about the new spiritual practices I've adopted is I feel like it's given me so many different new ways of listening to God. Um, but essentially, prayer is you putting out the signal for answers. And if it's a conversation, then you have to listen. Um, and I think that's something that we have a hard time with. Meditation in general is a great way to learn how to listen. Um, for operating with the idea that your thoughts are not entirely your own, then sometimes it makes perfect sense to get quiet and listen to your thoughts. Just watch them. Paying attention to which ones seem important and not letting yourself get distracted by the ones that don't. Um, I also don't operate under the para, under the idea that every thought is meaningful, obviously. Um, so I kind of make sure I take time every day to pay attention to my thoughts and the feelings that I have throughout the day and signs importance, right? That we're looking for symbols and meaning in the world around us to try and help us find the wisdom we seek. Unfortunately, I, it's never been my experience that God shouts at you, <laughs> even though sometimes I wish he would. Um, angels don't come down and make declarations. It's just simple, quiet things. Like sometimes it's the page of a book, a book opening to the right page for the message that you I know I did that plenty of times when I was a Mormon. I was just like, I need help with this. I just flip open a book or, or scripture and point my finger at one and read it. And it's worked. <laughs> um, but also just paying attention to the world around me, the animals, the plants, the, the geography, the weather even, right? And... I think you'll notice that once you start paying attention that you'll start to see that the things that show up in your life, however they do, usually have some kind of direct relation to the things that you've been praying about. That I very much sincerely believe that the universe responds to what we're putting out, the signals we're broadcasting via prayer or ritual or, you know, whatever your practice is. Um, so paying attention to not just the words, but the blessings. Like, if you've prayed for something and then you get it, <laughs> um, it's best practice to say thanks. I think that's... Uh, gratitude in general is something that we can employ in prayer, and it's a general good practice to just be aware of the good things in your life. I think it's an antidote to fear. I think it's something that essentially makes those good things more likely to keep on coming. That we are noticing of it and reinforces its appearance in our life. And like I said, it's this prayer stuff is magic. I think the way I view magic 
is quite different from what we think of when we hear the word. I think we think of things like Gandalf and, and wizards and Harry Potter when we think of magic, and I don't think that's it. I think it's a recognition that our thoughts are causative, that the things that we're thinking and feeling and saying and visualizing have a ripple effect on the world around us. And from the chaos magic point of view, you're pushing probability. That essentially all the things that can happen, there's a certain probability that they will happen. Sometimes that's zero, sometimes that's a sure thing. But that employing magic, or in this case prayer, is pushing on the probabilities. That you're taking something that maybe has a 50% chance of happening and with a good practice of prayer or a ritual or some kind of magic act, you're pushing that probability maybe 60, 70, 80%. Which for me has this nice little built-in explanation for why sometimes our prayers aren't answered. Sometimes it's the probabilities weren't in our favor. We're praying for something that's close to impossible. Miracles happen, I believe, um, but we're, if we're operating in a world of probabilities, then sometimes things just don't pan out. And so I think prayer should fit into that same category as any other kind of magic. Um, but even if it doesn't work all the time, my, my standby on this stuff is that like, if you're even improving the chances of great things happening by like 5%, that is still phenomenal. Um, and there's even been studies to, to prove it, that they've studied that the lives of people who pray often or they go to church or something, like they get results from it. And I think that's the end goal of all of this is we're trying to get good results out of our lives and our spiritual practice and if there aren't results, then what are we doing it for? So I'm not saying that everything you pray for is going to show up. I know that everything I pray for hasn't shown up. But I also recognize that a lot of things have. And I've noticed a definite uptick in those things happening when I was praying for them or doing something to make it happen. Like I was trying to magically make it happen via prayer or ritual or whatever. Um, with the planetary prayers I mentioned earlier, the thing that I was promised is that, you know, on an astrological level, if that planet has rulership over that section of your chart, then if you, on that planet's day, if you say a prayer to it to help you, those things will start to go better. And I've definitely noticed that it's, you could call it coincidence, but on in my chart in particular, the second house of finances and material possessions is ruled by Mars in my chart. And Tuesday, which is Mars's day, I've lately always received big sums of money on Tuesdays um, that just happened today with this economic stimulus package that was passed for the COVID-19 relief, right? I just get the money on Tuesdays. Now, granted, everyone else does too, <laughs> but Tuesdays are special for me because like, 
that's money day. That's a Mars thing. Um, and it happened earlier with the tax refund too. Um, and I just kind of noticed these themes that like certain things just seem to go better. The days associated with those plans go better when I'm keeping them in mind. And that's what, it seems so crazy because you wouldn't, especially coming from where I come from, praying to a planet to be helpful to you on its days would have any effect, but it does. Um, and I think that's merely because I believe it does, right? Um, I'm fairly uninterested in whether it's a coincidence or not, right? If magic is nothing more than a good coincidence generator, I still prefer more good, good coincidences in my life, you know? Um, but prayer for me has definitely become an essential tool in my kit because of its adaptability, its ability to be used on the spot whenever you need it. Um, you know, I a lot of my magical practice is based off of like, what things can I do often and consistently? And there's a lot of stuff that I've studied in terms of the magical tradition that involves a lot of rituals with expensive equipment or very precise ingredients for this and that and these associations. And that's a lot of work to get together. And it's not a, you don't do it by the seat of your pants kind of, kind of thing. But prayer is something that's like always there. It's always accessible. And that's the great thing about it especially considering that it's so effective for being something that's so simple and easy to use, right? It's kind of, it's like the hammer of the spiritual <laughs> toolkit. It has a lot of uses and it's always there. Um, it's not like some specialized tool that you need to have on order. You only use rarely. Um, kind of view more ritualized things in that sense that they're the big guns for big stuff. Um, so I, I definitely believe that something out there is listening. I don't have any firm ideas on what that thing is. I have my way of addressing it and my way of thinking about it that's worked for me. And it changes. But I look at the world around me and that makes me say something's going on but then I see the way that it responds to my prayers and the visualizations and the things that I do and that leads me to think something is listening to me too and so and I think that is applicable to everyone that it doesn't have to be formalized it doesn't have to you know do whatever works for you but talk to the something, <laughs> whatever is out there that's listening, talk to it. Whether that be your ancestors or gods that were worshiped by your ancestors or just plain old God, however God looks to you. Um, that it is firmly my belief that there's something out there that listens to us 
responds in kind to our intention. And that that's a way that we can bring out a lot of a lot of good. I think there's I get caught in this interesting paradox of we criticize thoughts and prayers responses to things, right? Here in the United States we see all these mass shootings and terrible things that happen. And those who respond with thoughts and prayers get castigated. And I definitely agree with the sentiment that there needs to be more than thoughts and prayers. I think that acting upon one's thoughts and prayers definitely brings them up a whole nother level in terms of affecting reality. Um, thoughts and prayers by themselves are definitely not enough. But there is something that happens when you employ prayer and pair it with action, for sure. Because it's, it's just weird for me being in a place where I used to be that person who would criticize thoughts and prayers when I was during my more agnostic phases to being a person now who says like, yeah, you should be praying. <laughs> and it doesn't hurt. That's the other thing. It's so much of this stuff, um, it's not gonna, be a tremendous cost to you to try it and see what happens, right? And so I will leave it there. Um, sometimes I have a tendency to ramble. I just trying to get across the way that I feel about it. And part of me is just like, you're bearing testimony because <laughs> that's what the more do. you end your lesson with a testimony. Um, but I hope that uh, you found something useful um, to add to your prayers. I think it's tech I'm still working with um, that might change over time. But, you know, there's, I just really hope that there's something here that's of value, right? Anyways, we will meet up again next week. Not sure with what. I'm, like I said, I'm avoiding announcing what I'm going to say next week because sometimes it changes in response to the situation. Sometimes it's, yeah, I kind of try to let the, try to let the universe guide that one a little bit more than just declaring. We'll talk about the tarot next week. Um, also, thanks to you guys who still listen. I realize it's kind of, I've had a rough period these last few weeks of not being as consistent as I once was. Um, but I really appreciate anyone who gives this a lesson, right? And especially appreciate if anyone shares it with friends, leaves a review or a rating, um, any kind of support, I'll take it. Um, at this point, it's, I've come to the realization that it's not, uh, it's not really a money-making venture for me. It's not even something that's necessarily getting a lot of listens, but the message from my guides has been that I need to leave behind something. And it may be that only my kids will listen to this in 20 years, but that's enough for me, right? 
it's some it's half of it's a log of my own life experience and spirituality and half of it is an honest attempt to help other people with theirs so if that's something that's happened for you i'm super super happy and excited about that i hope i can get better at it but at this point it's a creative endeavor for me i'd love to make money on it so i can buy better microphones and equipment and spend more time on it and really dedicate myself to the creative process. But as of right now, it's just something I'm doing that makes me feel fulfilled and is an outlet for my own creativity and purpose. Um, that being said, I, I'm super grateful for all the plays it's gotten. I see the numbers and I'm always a little bit surprised that they keep rising <laughs> because I don't, at least especially, they haven't done a whole lot of work promoting it, right? But any help that you guys can offer in terms of promotion, reviews, or feedback, I would love to hear I can do a better job because I'm fairly sure I can be doing a better job. It's just a question of what works best. Sometimes I wonder if people actually like listening to my own experiences or if I'm offering any useful information, or if there's things that people would be interested in hearing about, or hearing me experience for the first time. So that's all stuff that's um, interesting for me to find out. So you can contact me at newageraid at gmail.com for all of that. Um, you can support the podcast via the Patreon at patreon.com slash newageraid, or through Anchor. Um, I've got that ready to go. And we will talk to you next week. See ya.